When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Craig and Phoebe. How are you doing on the spine? And Sean. Sorry. <laughs> You're not an afterthought, Sean. How are we doing on the spine? Not that that intro suggests That's otherwise. He went to Vegas for two days, left us all by ourselves. Wait a minute. Somebody else can see you as I remember it. <laughs> I did. Hello. I went to Pine Top this yeah. weekend. It was very refreshing. Craig I actually says was as if he didn't spend two weeks gallivanting across. Three Europe. weeks. Three weeks, excuse yeah. me. Uh, it was, I actually felt cold at one point. Like... Real cold. At night? No. So we went to we took a day trip to Sunrise, like where the mountain is. Yeah. We went up in the ski lift, and it started to rain. Yeah. Actually, it started to hail. Yes, love that. It area. hailed, and we were all in like tank tops and shorts, and it was sixty two degrees, and it was That's raining awesome. and hailing, and I, we were cold. And I was like, "This is the greatest feeling ever." <laughs> so I had a lovely weekend. You yeah. saw some. You're wearing the Barbie Oppenheimer combo right I guess now. I am. The, the pink shorts, the black shirt. Sure. Unintentionally, but yeah, I saw them both. I went Petey to didn't um, see anything. Oh, I went, went to, to the, the museum. museum of the West for an hour, so that was my summer vacation. <laughs> so you go three weeks in Europe, I go an hour to the Museum of the West. And how was that, Petey? I mean, <laughs> what do you what do you think it is, Greg? The <laughs> Museum know, of the West in Old Town Scotts. Oh I mean, it's, boy, it's fine. There's pictures and there's stuff. <laughs> they have it on Amazon and Wikipedia. Can you be more specific about the stuff? I don't know. They have old saddles and old guns and badges and pictures from old <laughs> cowboys. Pottery. Okay. Pottery. There, yeah. you've seen it now. You don't even need to go. PD came that. ready with the Monday energy today. Um, well, it's July 24th. Whiteboard he's got too, though. Yeah. It's July 24th, so what better time to uh, talk about line combinations, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the way too early one line you, By the way, did you read my story how many qualifiers I put? Yes, yeah, like I actually 10 got into paragraphs, it, like, and then like, at the end it was, it was like, like one blame giant PD. apology. Blame PD if it's yeah, no, I, yes, I did. Then. That was the vibe, the underlying vibe I got. Yeah. Just blame me. Throwing yeah. throwing you under the bus. And so when he called it was underlying. Name, can I put your <laughs> name on the byline, which is like, Craig doesn't ever ask me that. Yeah. And so he... And then I, I said, yeah, sure. And then, <laughs> then I hung up and I go, wait a minute. Now I get it. So now <laughs> everyone can goes direct, off the rails. direct their brain. And I mean, it is you. Petey's whiteboard. So it's I, true. You know, I just, I went along. I'm not a coach. What do oh, I know? Oh, 
man. Yeah. I just took Petey's advice. Exactly. So you can uh, read the story at gophnx.com. It's really fun. Um, and we're kind of going to take it even further today. And we're going to talk through our decision making. We're going to do a very, very early. We'll probably do this. Way too early. Yeah. We're probably going to do this again, like the week before the season. Um, and who knows what will be different. Waiver pickups. There could be trades. Like, who knows? There's so much that can change. And just training camp, decisions. Um, there's so much that can change between now and October 13th. But we're going to, you know, take a stab at it in July because the Discord's been talking about it for weeks. So we thought, all right, let's talk about it. It It, it is. And the things that can change this from now till then, there are so many. Like Dumba signs, this blows up. Oh, yeah. You, you, somebody gets hurt, which happens in training camp. That blows up. Here's the other thing that changes a lot is when the guys finally hit the ice in September and October, when it's starting to get closer, you, you there will be guys at the, the development camp, the rookie camp, that go to that development tournament, or excuse me, the rookie tournament, that surprise the staff. There will be. And there'll be guys that go, oh, we, we need to take another look at this guy. I don't know who that's going to be yet, but it's somebody that's going to go, okay, we need to see him in a different spot. And so you'll want to see, and I've got a couple guys off to the side. Let's just say it's geeky. Let's yep. just say geeky surprises. And we need to put him with better players and just see. And so that there's a lot of things that can up end this thing as this goes on through the summer. Yeah, and we've even seen that in past camps. Like I can think of a couple examples where a guy rose to the level where suddenly the coaching staff had to put him on the roster. Toby Reeder did it. Jordan Martinuk did it. Those were guys who had great camps and ended up making the roster when we weren't necessarily projecting them to be there at the start of camp. Yeah, and there's guys that you look at this roster and go, oh, they have to start on the team. Well, no, they don't. Yeah. And there can be guys that you said, oh, for sure this guy's going to be on the team. We did it with the goaltenders last year. Oh, yeah. my God. Or when Vimelkos came up. We had Vimelkos the third or fourth Yeah. Yeah. So it, it would, this is by no means, honestly, it's just an exercise to get you started. But there's a lot of things that need to go into it when you start to put this thing together. When we get to the goaltenders in segment three, I'm going to share a Kojinash story that I just read. And I'll tell you why I read it. You guys already know why I read it. But yes. it, it's fascinating. But go ahead, Leah. Yes. Well, before we get into this and for the sake of this exercise, we're going to pretend that opening night is next week. And this is the people that are going to be a part of it. Um, but PD, before we before we start and you get up on the whiteboard, can you take us a little bit inside the coach's room into what goes in to the decisions to make line combinations? There's so many things to go in. And one of the first things you want to start off with, and Craig's alluded to this a few times, is you traditionally start with pairs. You don't start with a three-man unit right away. You go with two guys that fit together, that fit together well on the ice, but they also have to fit together for special teams. You do a lot of you do a lot of pairing with special team combinations because if you have player A and B that are on every penalty kill, the first penalty kill over the boards, you can't have one on the first line, one on the third line cuz you're going to screw your lines up when that penalty's over. Yeah. Now it's hard to get back into rhythm. Mm -hmm. Same with the power play. When you look at the top line traditionally, those are guys that play on the power play together because when you get through the power play, now you can just keep rolling your lines. You don't want to disrupt the lines much. Um, you also want to look for things like size. And you want to protect players of smaller stature, like a 
this year it's going to be a player like Dylan Gunther. Can we put him with some size to protect him a little bit? A guy that's a younger, a little smaller, not Slider, so big. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, not so big in the corners. Can we get him with a bigger player? Um, you want to keep guys in the same pace. You know, you don't want to have two guys that fly up the ice and a guy that's going to be stuck in the mud two zones behind them. So you got to look at who can play with pace. Um, there are so many different things. And here's the problem at this time of year in July, because I've been through this exercise with coaching staff. And this is when you start to, to do exactly what we're doing now. This is when they will start to do their summer meetings, usually from the draft on where you start to go, okay, here's guys we want to put together. And traditionally for camp, you're going to put a guy like, let's say Schmaltz and Keller. Yeah. We're going to put Schmaltz and Keller together. Now, for training camp, you're not going to put them with who the center is that you think. That might be a spot where you put Geeky in, that you put Connor Geeky in for training camp. Mm. Let's just see how he is with this pace. Again, you're not thinking for October. You're thinking for right now. Let's see what he can do at this pace with this skill. So this exercise for coaches in July, there are combinations that you will look at that go, this has to work. Shane Doan with this guy and this guy. Oh, it's going to work for sure. What a great line. Two days of practice and you go, these guys can't play together. Hmm. Like it's, I, there's so many times. That Hammer you and go, OEL. You're, they for sure. They're going to play together. You're going to play together. Yeah. You're going to, they go into the summer skates at the ice and, oh, we're going to be aligned together. For sure. We're going to play together. And by the time you get there in September, you go, this just absolutely doesn't work. Hmm. And Craig and I went through this exercise before a Kerfoot got signed. Yeah. And we had it all figured out. <laughs> And then you had Kerfoot and you go, shit, we got to start over because he doesn't just take a fourth line slot. A couple of follow up questions to you. Uh, when you're when you're constructing your lines and you're trying to find guys that mesh, you, you talked about playing styles and and size, complementing, protecting. How much do you think about, OK, if we do all this with this line, it's going to impact the other lines. Does that come into play as well? Oh, absolutely. And here's yeah. the problem. And this and this sounds like an ex. This is what happened to you and I. This literally happens in the NHL coaches room is you get the they have a board exactly like this. Like it's magnets with these names. It's exactly like this. And they go, you, you, you forget somebody. And Didn't you, you get, guys forget Lawson Prowse on you, Friday when you were yes, like we talking so we've, But we've gone through this exercise and you get it where you go, OK, I really like this. And you go, shit, where's Phil Kessel? And you, and you forget a guy and you go, oh, shit, we got to start over. Yeah. And, and you think you have it just how you want it. And just putting one player in screws up the whole thing because you can't just take one guy out because he doesn't fit on that line. So now you're up to juggle everything over again. It's really it's a much harder exercise than you think. And it, once the season gets on, you'll find those combinations that play well together and you can keep rolling them out. But then you got to get a call up on an injury. And while he'll just go on the fourth line, well, doesn't fit on the fourth line. It's not a fourth line player. Mm. So now you got to jumble everything up again. So it's it's constantly it's a daily battle to get the best twenty players on a roster every single day. Do personalities matter? Absolutely. Yeah. And who can play with who? This guy. You say, and it's funny because I'll take you behind the curtain. Um, Taylor Hall, mm. Phil Kessler on the same team. <laughs> um, the analytics showed. Analytics department met with the coaching staff on a morning and said that the analytics showed that Rick Tockett should play Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel on the same line, that they would their whatever rating and number showed that those two should play together. And Rick Tockett looked at the stats and analytics guy and said, you're out of your mind. There's only one puck. I can't put both of those guys on the ice at the same time. And he said, 
he said, would you please leave? And that the young gentleman. <laughs> I'm had sure to he said it exactly the, that way. Yeah, he kind of said it like that. But, <laughs> but again, it's, it's personalities and you have to be able to. I mean, you know what? Honestly, you don't have to get along. You don't have to like your line mate, but you have to have that communication that when you jump over the boards, it fits. And I think that this exercise today, we're going to try to get some of those things that this line fits. And we're going to try to think of a lot of different things and a lot of different reasons to make it so. One more follow-up question, as long as we're peeling back the curtain. You mentioned analytics. How much do they actually come into play versus what's perceived on the outside? The perception? Yeah. The perception is coaches scour through the numbers and, and that helps make their decision. They make their decisions first and see if the numbers fit. I, I think for coaches, they look at the numbers. You have to. It's 2023. You have yeah. to take the numbers into account. But it is not the driving force behind what coaches do to make decisions. Uh, they're much more into eye tests or their own numbers or their own stats versus what the analytics show. Very few of the decisions here will make decisions based on analytics. The one exception is defensive pairs that will say, okay, this defensive pair together is out against the other team's top players and they give up this kind of a, a plus minus on chances. Mm. And then the coach goes, okay, I didn't see it that way. Maybe they can't take that much ice time against the top players. I think you will see it influence there more than any other place, but I don't think they go looking at deep, deep into numbers and go, this guy should play with that guy. Um, I, I know that, that it's more analytic driven than it's ever been. Yeah but it is still just a piece of this giant puzzle. And you watch the numbers get so, so, so deep in the woods. This game isn't baseball. It's too chaotic. There's too many changes. Numbers don't fit like they do in baseball. Yeah. This batter against a right-handed pitcher in this inning is going to hit this many times. And it's pretty true to form. Hockey's not like that. No, too many variables. Yep. Go ahead. Okay, should we get started? Should we get started? Yeah, let's sure. get started. I think the best way to do this is, just like we said, we're going to do it in forwards. Now, I know Andre Tournier likes to run 11 forwards. We are going to fill out a traditional 12-man front, a 12-man roster. Yep. Yeah. Is that uh, fair? Yeah, and I don't think he's necessarily wed to that this season. I think it's going to be harder. Different forward group than last season, yes. more depth. So. Yes, he doesn't. And I think it's Sorry gonna, to say this, but... Uh, I think it's going to be harder. Zach Cassian's not an option this He's not? year, or a non-option is what I should probably say Oy. if I'm being truthful. <laughs> Sorry. Well, here's, here's how this Sorry, exercise is going to start. We're going to start at the top and work down, and we will make changes as we go. Yep. Now, this we just is random up there. Now, I'm not completely random. It's something we had earlier in yeah. the week. We talked about pairs. I think that we have to take into account how much Keller and Schmaltz like to play together. Yes. I think do. Keller and Schmaltz is the tandem that we're going to start with. We're going to start with that at the very top. Okay. Keller and Schmaltz. Oh, yeah, that's on yeah, there. Yep. I know. I can see it. So Keller and Schmaltz. Are, and, and the biggest reason you want to keep those two guys together, too, is we talked about special teams. Keller and Schmaltz are going to be on your first power play unit. They're coming over the boards on that first power play. So I think they need to play together so you don't screw up your lines. Who do we put in the middle? So you got options. You go two years ago, they had Travis Boyd carry that line through. <laughs> Then he took a step backwards. Barrett Hayton, at times during this year, could play in that spot. You look at the other two centers that are going to have is Bukestead and McBain. I don't think Bukestead is a style of player that is ready for that role. I like Bukestead. We know how much I like Bukestead. He's not going to compliment Keller. You need pace, too. With it. Yeah, you need someone who can keep up. And Travis Boyd actually showed an ability to do that, a surprising ability. Let me ask you this before you go putting someone in there, because I don't. the Kaiders don't have a, 
a number one center right. in their lineup. I mean, you look at the their center depth right now, it's it's one of the issues of this roster. If Logan Cooley were here, would you put him between these two guys, knowing what you know about how coaches construct lines based I think on playing Logan steps? Cooley has to play there. Okay. And so I, I saved Logan Cooley off to the side. There were two players I put as question marks. Logan Cooley has not completely committed. I mean, he has said he's going back to the University of Minnesota. But until the first day There's of classes in the door. and yeah. the first practice occurs, it's a, the, then that door shuts. For right now, if Logan Cooley comes, he pushes everything around. I think you have to put him in there to succeed. I think you have to play him with those best players. And you have to see if he can succeed between Keller and Schmaltz. If Logan Cooley comes, he is the number one center of this team today, tomorrow, and the near future. How much do you worry then about the other duties that a centerman has to fulfill in the NHL when you're logging that kind of ice time down low in your own zone, those sorts of things. I mean, who fill who fulfills That's those duties? That's the problem on that, that line yeah. will get absolutely zero defensive starts. And we saw it with Clayton <laughs> Keller last year's ability yeah. to play 200 feet. That won't be the case with Schmaltz and Cooley. You couldn't put this this line on the ice in any defensive starts. Mm-hmm. That would be it. So here's what happens. As a game goes on, you can't expose Logan Cooley and you'd have to be able to juggle lines during a game. I think he has to get the opportunity to play here because that's where you want him to play. And sure. what happens so many times, Clayton Keller was drafted as a centerman. Yep. He's a winger now and he'll always be a winger now. And you thought, well, maybe when he gets bigger and stronger, oh, he's a winger, period. He's done. Schmaltz was a center. Now he's a wing. You, you got to, at one point, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and let one of these guys play in the middle of the ice because that's where their role is going to be ultimately. Somebody's got to win faceoffs too on that line. Just things that I think about when you you're construct right. lines, right? So yep. Yep. are we putting Cooley there? No, no I don't Luke think we are. Going he's back. Not, we we he's have to not, assume for yeah. now that he's not going yeah. to he's be He's going there, back so. to college. So Petey, for me. Yeah, you and I both agreed on this. Hayden. and I think you do yeah. as well, yeah. I've got Barrett Hayton, top line, middle with that group. So I've got Barrett Hayton, Clayton Keller, and Nick Schmaltz on the first line. And I think we can all agree that those not only will be here, I think that's three guys are going to end up on your power play. Because I think Barrett Hayton's your net front guy now. Yeah. And I think yeah, we'll, we'll talk well more later role. on who else I think fills out that power play. But I think those three forwards are on your first power play unit. And I think Barrett Hayton showed his commitment to get to the front of the net, tip pucks, screen goalies, get to the blue paint. He belongs there. Those three guys are coming over first on the power play. Keep them together as your top line. Yeah, I think what he did late last season, he earned that spot. He earned at least the right to start between those two guys when this season kicks off. All right, now, so now, we gotta, now it gets tough. Now it gets yes, tough. It does. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna I've said this to Craig. I don't know if the Coyotes have a two three four center. I, I think they have three threes. I really do, and that's no knock to those guys. I like them. Mm-hmm. We already said they don't have a number one. See, I'm not sure they have a number two either. I think they have three threes. So well, Barrett Hayden might be a number two, but right. Yeah. But in this in this but area, yeah. also, yeah. I'm just going to put. Call up. I'm just putting my favorite Minnesotan as the number two center right now, and we're going to build around Nick Bugstead for the second and he, line. And he was in that position last. He played season that role last year. They started well a lot of games. They they got scoring opportunities right off the bat. I think he can play with pace. I think he gets to the net. I think he can defend. Nick Bugstead's not going to play in your power play units. So something to keep in mind when you do Bukestead played two minutes and 10 seconds per game on the penalty kill. He is going to be a penalty killer. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind when you're building his wingers, you need to put one other winger with him that can also kill penalties. Lawson Krause. And that player for me is Lawson Krause. Krause played two minutes and 15 seconds per game on the kill. That pairs up tandem. 
They will go out as the second line. They will also be the first two over the boards on the kill. So let's put Kraus in there. See, I never thought about building lines that way as mm -hmm. with the special teams in mind. Yeah, it's critical for the, like, like Petey said. Like when, yeah, when you that, don't want to screw the up penalty your lines. Ends, no, that's really that? fascinating. Yeah. So thank but, you for But sharing what you that. can do uh, on the last pair of penalty killers, you'll see a player that you wouldn't suspect to be a penalty killer was Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller averaged about 30 seconds a game of PK time because he'd be the last pair. When that when there's 15 seconds left in a penalty and you need to throw someone over the boards and there's a whistle, Clayton Keller's going on the ice. And then he rolls right into his yeah, shift. So whoever yeah. jumps out of the penalty box now, now you're on the offensive side of the puck. So you're yeah. going to see those guys as your last pair. So Keller doesn't hurt you as the last pair on the kill, but you need the first tandem, this Bukestad and Kraus. Now we got to fill out the right side. And this is where it's tough for me because you saw the chemistry that Michelli and Michelli, Kraus yeah. had last year. But again, you're looking to balance your lines. You're looking... Yeah, you, you got to make sure you're putting guys in the right roles. And if a guy like Dylan Gunther makes this roster, do you want to give him an opportunity to play those sorts of minutes with guys who can protect him? That's that's how I weigh all this. And that's fair. I, I think when you talk about Pacelli's going to get power play time, Gunther's going to get power time, probably on your second power play unit yeah. together. Um, I think it has to be one of those two that fills this slot that it's got to be Michelli or Gunther in this spot. I like that there's some size with Bukestad and Kraus that could protect a player like Gunther in that hole. But you saw what Michelli did. This is this one's going to be at the toss-up. This is the one the coaches are going to think a lot about because there was so much chemistry between Kraus and Michelli last year. Yeah. And you were able to put McBain in the middle. You could put Bukestad in the middle, but it was always consistent with Kraus and Michelli. <sighs> How about you, Lennon? I lean towards Michelli on that group just to keep that group together. What do you think? I, I, I see arguments for both. Yeah, it, cause it, it's, it's going to create issues when we get to the bottom six. But, yeah, I agree that he had incredible chemistry yeah. with Lawson Kraus. So, and, and all three of those guys played together, of course, for most of the season until Bukestad got traded at the deadline. And that's an easy so. change. And that's an easy change that you, you want Dylan Gunther to succeed. Yeah. You want him to get offensive opportunities. He's going to be the, the difference between Michelli and Gunther is Michelli is going to be the guy that's going to be the distributor. Gunther's going to be the guy that's going to be a shooter. Like when they get him the puck, there's no question he's going to shoot. Michelli's going to distribute. So I mean, Bukestad and Kraus get the puck. Like they can go in and dig it out and get the puck. And that, that might be another reason why Michelli should be on that line because he is a distributor. Because if, if Gunther's on that line, who's distributing? Who's, yeah. Yeah. It, so when I saw this, my gut was Michelli. And then I thought, oh, shoot, Gunther. Yeah. And it's so weird because I don't imagine Gunther on a third line of an NHL roster. But maybe early on. See, here's the I mean, here's the here's the thing we can't get trapped in, Leah, mm -hmm. on this team specifically. That third line means third line worst, and fourth quote unquote. Line. Yeah, because I, I think I don't think there is a true first line. And I'm sorry, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. I'm sorry. I, this isn't. This isn't Matthews and Crosby and McDavid. It's not that. This team doesn't have a full three-man complementary of that. So you're starting with a second line to start with, and then your third and fourth lines are really your second and third lines. I, this team, I think this team has three third lines. I mean, uh, of the personnel on this roster right now, I think Clayton Keller is the only guy that you can argue that is a top-line guy. I agree yeah. with that. And so you're looking at that as the second line on most teams. And now the Coyotes' second, third, and fourth line, I think they're interchangeable. Yeah. I think they all can defend. I think they can all provide offense. And I think that gives Andre Cherny the opportunity to roll four lines. And and depending on the night, right? Matchups, um, yep. who's rolling, who's not, all those things can factor into it. But they all have 
the opportunity for a good amount of ice time. So I'm going to go start the next line, and I've got McBain. i got Jack McBain locked into the third slot right now because I'm down to two centermen. And we talked about Zucker, and we talked about Kerfoot being able to play in the middle of the ice. I think they're wings on this team. Yeah. Um, they may have to play center at certain moments, but I think for right now, they are going to be wings. So I've got McBain and Boyd, and I know Boyd, Top line center years ago, I've got to put McBain ahead of him. Yeah. I think McBain's trajectory is upward. I think he gets to the net hard. I think he's offensive. I think he can play hard, physical. I think he can fight. I think he's a jack of all trades. Uh, jack. <laughs> so I've got him centering the third line. Now we need to find some people. So we got to look, is he going to kill penalties? Well, yeah. He was one of the guys over the boards, consistently on the uh, jumping over the boards. You know who doesn't kill penalties? Zucker. Mm-hmm. So just throwing it out there, Kerfoot does. Again, just throwing it out there. Um, so we've got left on the left side. We've got Kerfoot or Zucker's got to play with McBain. Craig, thoughts? I'm having a hard time with this. This this is why what we did up top, particularly with the second line, creates issues for me. And, and, and Kerfoot as well. Like where does he slot? Because I've had this conversation with Andre and he's, he's going to play on the wing primarily. He's not going to be a, a center on this team unless they have a need based on injury. So... Again, I, I, I hear what you're saying about distributing the ice time evenly, but still, when I look at a a line that might have Travis Boyd and maybe Michael Carcone on it, that ice that team's going to get that line is going to get less ice time. So, yes. what do you do there? It, it's really difficult for me to figure this out. I'd I'd almost I'd almost put Kerfoot and Zucker on the wings on that line. Drop Dylan Gunther down to the fourth line, knowing. That Dylan Gunther is still going to get power play time. You can you can shelter his minutes um, at five on five, but you can still get him the the power play time to give him his ice time. That's crazy. But, but but also but, but like to, to me, Zucker can't be on the fourth line. Zucker's got to go. So that's why I Let's like Zucker. I think Zucker has to go there. And I but I get what you're saying that Zucker doesn't kill penalties. I like so Zucker you have there. to. Put, so and because of that, you can't put Gunther there because Gunther doesn't kill penalties. Right. So it has to be Kerfoot. And, and, so. and that's, that's, that's the other thing, how the Leah. logic works. There. I like Kerfoot there. Yeah. And here's why. So now your penalty kill tandem there is McBain and Kerfoot. Yep. So you've got a center killing penalties with Bukestad Kraus, then you throw McBain and, and Kerfoot next. And I think that th- now you've got two veteran, responsible, hard playing guys that drive the net, Zucker and Kerfoot. Playing with a second-year pro in McBain, yeah, yeah. and and that this is going to give McBain the best opportunity to succeed. I like this line. I think they can provide offense. I think this line can go out on the uh, on a defensive zone faceoff. I think they're responsible enough to play both ends of the puck. This is a line that I could go could play anytime. You want to throw you want to throw Zucker, McBain, and Kerfoot out. I can put that line out up a goal, down a goal, and I'm fine. Yeah, I really like that line. Like I think that could be a sleeper line that can get you a lot of points, especially if McBain takes that next jump. And Kerfoot obviously can play the offside. We've heard so much about his yep. versatility. You can move him all over the line. He, he can, can move high. He can move low. He can take faceoffs yeah. too yeah. In, in certain situations. If McBain gets tossed out of the circle, you got another sentiment. I like this line a lot. And you never know how chemistry will work but i hear one of the things that 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 comes along with alex kerfoot is that he is a coach's player he will play everywhere he will give you something everywhere it's it just sounds like a match made in heaven with andre turney and alex kerfoot so we go to the fourth line and i think we could talk about uh boyd is our center of our fourth line i think right so now. and if we are playing four guys we're going to go right left and i think carconi who's on a one-way contract right now I think he slots mm-hmm. in on the wing, and I think Dylan Gunther yeah. slots in on the wing. And I know Dylan Gunther, we said it before, not a fourth-line player, but 
This gives him opportunities. When you look at this line, Boyd played top line minutes with Keller and Schmaltz. Carcone delivers the puck. Carcone's a high, he's an offensive player. Like this is going to be a fourth line with a motor with Carcone on it and Boyd on it. They'll get, they will get the puck to Gunther. Yeah, there is. And, and I do like that part of it. There is some skill here. There is some speed here. So it's not like he's, you know, he's playing on a plotting fourth line. And again, just as they did last season, he's going to get power play time. And that's yeah. where he got most of his points. And he's, I put him on this and we'll get yeah. to power play unit too. I put him on the second power play unit because we was with Kraus. Yeah. Kraus was able to get him the puck and he could shoot and score. So I've got Kraus. And I, I've got Gunther on the second power play unit. And I know people are going to look at this and go, Gunther can't play on the fourth line. Then who does? You put Michelli down there? I, I, I just don't see it. I, I think yeah. for right now, with the ice time, you can help protect him uh, on the defensive side of the puck. You won't get as many minutes, but he'll get his time made back up. And let him earn it. Yep. His, his way up the lineup. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is you can send him to the freaking American League yes. if you want to. Yes. You want yeah. to see him on a top and, line, put and him and down there. you mentioned, you know, guys aren't locks on this roster. Dylan Gunther's not a lock on this roster. He They can send him to the AHL, and if he struggles at the NHL level, it's not a bad thing, again, to overbake guys, to let him build his confidence in the AHL. And this is what happened to Kyle Turris. Guaranteed him a spot, played in the NHL, and all of a sudden you want to send him back down, and then all hell broke loose, oh and then he's gone. <clears throat> yeah. So Dylan Gunther comes in here. If you send him to Tucson on day one, might be the right move. Honestly, might be. Put him down there, let him earn it, let him go down and score a ton of goals down there. Great, put him on a line with Yannick down there. But can you imagine what that's going to do to this kid's... He didn't want to go after 10 games last year. He didn't yeah. want to leave. Yeah. Now you're going to send him to the American League? So this is where you can... It's hard. We talk about overbaking all the time. I believe that if you would have approached him differently from the beginning, you could have sent him to the American League. Yeah. But I don't think you can now. Yeah. I think Gunther has to play that. It's tough because, I mean, Lawson Krause did it, right? He went down to Tucson. Are you okay with our so my two Barrett extra Hayden. forwards for right yeah, now? Yeah, so did Barrett Dayton. Yeah. Uh, I think... Who, O'Brien and Yannick. Are- here, here, Yannick is not signed, and I have yeah. no idea where that's going and right so now. I'm going to put. But here's what I'm saying. Him in I'm Tucson? taking him out. I'm taking him out too because I don't think the Coyotes will carry two extra forwards just for cap purposes. You can save a little money by having the guy down in Tucson, and Tucson is so close that you don't need two forwards hanging around doing nothing. You might as well have one of those guys playing. Okay, so I think those are our 13 forwards. Yep, and. Two wild cards, Logan Cooley and Connor Geeky, yes. disrupt this whole damn thing. So oh after we get gosh. it all built, yeah. Connor Geeky comes out and blows things away in this camp. They're going to have to make some decisions. And that's what he's going to have to do. I don't think Connor Geeky makes this roster. I, but, I don't either. But he can. You know, he does. There's always that opportunity in camp. If some guy takes that step yep. and forces his way onto the roster, yeah. that opportunity is open. And and I, I, I had a talk, chance to talk to him, and I said... Make them make a decision. You, you, never say no. Like, you don't know. Go give it everything you've got and make them make a decision. Like, maybe it's Carcone that goes down. Maybe they wave O'Brien. Yeah. I don't I don't know. That's our 13 forwards today. So our extras down there, you can see in Tucson, Unique, Sanford, Douglas, Barron, Kirkland, McCartney, Leonard, Smith, uh, D, Doan, and Kellerman. Yeah. And one more thing on, on Geeky. You have that nine-game trial, too, right? You could do that if you wanted. And you don't know what happens with injuries, but I like that. And yeah. I think that's a good start for our forward lines. Our, our top, we'll get into our power play and penalty kill last, but I like the way this is built. I think we've got pairs for kill. I think we've got uh, power play time built in, and that's our 13 forward group. So everybody take the screenshot and then pull up the receipts when the opening night roster comes out and 
we're either kind of on the money or not at all. Um, so we will see. We'll move on to uh, defense and special teams and goalies, et cetera, um, in a minute. Oh, PD's literally taking a photo. So while he does that, um, I'll remind you to check out the BetMGM app. First of all, it'll be really interesting once the official lineups are in, how the NHL futures will change on BetMGM. We're not saying the Coyotes are you know, going to be... In the playoff conversation, but you never know um, what the odds are like. There's plenty to bet on on BetMGM, including baseball, obviously right now, Women's World Cup, WNBA, etc. So if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If it loses with BetMGM, again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. So as we mentioned before, I did take a trip to Pine Top this weekend. So we had to stop for gas a few times and we stopped at a Circle K specifically, went in, got snacks that we snuck into the movies. Sorry, um, but we did because that theater. Circle, I like Pine Top. Yeah, Circle K, great snacks um, and they're everywhere. So they're super reliable for us. We And we stopped at Circle K and Payson also. Um, so yeah, they're just everywhere. I love I love Circle K. I love their snacks. All my friends bought snacks at Circle K. Um, and just make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff Circle K has. You can text PHNX to 31310 to join at their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. All right. Defense. At least there's only... Um, <laughs> you only have to put two together, but let's let's paint. Let's start by painting the picture of so, who is available. A couple things to say on the the blue line. Andre Tourney likes his lefty righty splits, and you have the option for those. Another thing that I would say about the Coyotes blue line right now, I don't know that they have a single guy that you could call a top pair defenseman. So th- that could change. We know some of the prospects in the system that could change in the future, but for right now. I think it creates flexibility with what you can do with your defense pairs. So, PD, I'll let you take it away with the top pair, and I want to. I'm going to follow up with a question in, in a moment. Yeah, this is the same thing we said about the forwards. Or I'm not sure they have a, had a top line. They might have one player that's a top line player, and then a bunch of third line players. I, I think that's the same thing in the back end. I don't know if there is a top pair on this this team that you go, oh yeah, that's a top pair. Yep. Oliver Ekman Larson, oh, he's on the top pair. Mm, yeah. They don't Jacob have Chikrin and Jacob Chikrin and Gossberg. That's yeah. top line players. Yeah. <sighs> They have, they have the good thing. You're right about the right lefts. There are a lot of coaches that say you need to go that way. Mm-hmm. I think there will be times during this season where you're going to see two right-handed defensemen on the ice at the same time, which is extremely unusual. But I think it's going to happen. We are going to do our best with right lefts. The problem is there isn't that guy. Yep. And I, and I, and I, we talk about Valamaki and Mosier a lot. They had 34 and 31 points, respectively. They were minus 10 and minus 12, respectively. Like, they would both have time on the power play. They both kill penalties. They're very similar in what they are able to accomplish. And I have a hard time deciding which guy 
I am anointing as the first guy. Uh, of, of When you look at Valimaki and Moser, who's the guy? On the left side? You yep. mean, I, I mean, it, it depends on who they're playing with too, right? So we have to think about that. And I, I think you and I both agree that Sean Dursey is probably going to get a look there. Um, and in my mind, J.J. Mosier is the better guy to protect him. Um, I, I think that's how they're going to be leaning. But their blue line is so young. It's yeah, crazy. It, is. it is. And it, it lacks a physical element unless Josh Brown's in the lineup, too. So if Dursey's your top guy, I don't know what you think, PD. Uh, to me, I think Mosier's the guy to protect him. But I also have a question about Dursey as the top guy. And and I talked to you about this when, when we were putting this together when we talk about the LA Kings system versus the Coyote system and their ability to protect defensemen, what are we talking about specifically? Well, here's the thing. And, and defensively, one of the things that Arizona Coyotes do in their defensive zone is they attack the puck aggressively from their defensive zone. What they do is they allow the defensemen to leave the front of the net and you will see Coyotes defensemen up at the blue line. They're allowed to chase the puck and you'll see them play more of a man-on-man where they'll chase the puck to the top of the zone where you will get a defenseman at the blue line. The Kings won't chase the puck that far. The Kings are more traditional where you'll pull a guy back. You saw with the Vegas Golden Knights where you'll see they will chase more than Vegas. Vegas is a hard... Here's the rule. D are going back, period. Like the D, the D do not chase above the hash marks, which helps them protect the front of the net. L.A. will be much more responsible in front of the net. That's one. And two, in the neutral zone, L.A. Yes. plays a 1-3-1. One, one. Yes. What that means is they have three players lined up across the red line, and they have almost like a, a deep backfield guy to receive the punt. They'll put a defenseman way deep in the zone, almost to the circles, to get the puck. So he will be able to get the puck quickly and out of the zone quickly so they don't spend as much time defending. The Coyotes are going to want to stand up at the blue line so the defensemen are higher in the zone, closer to the blue line, allow the puck to be dumped in, and now you have a chase to the puck. So you end up spending more time to defend in that scenario. If you I'm don't turn sure. the puck over in the neutral zone. Right. Yeah. LA won't turn the puck over and try to create offense. Yeah. The Coyotes are trying to be more aggressive between right. the blue line, stand up the blue line, create a turnover, use their speed going the other way to create offense. Right. That's the give and take you have in those systems. LA is going to wait for the dump in, go get the puck and try to go 200 feet up the ice. Coyotes are looking for a turnover between the blue lines, get going the other way. LA system, a defenseman gets the puck, has less, much less challenged by the opposing forecheck because he's all alone back there, able to break out of the zone quickly and spend less time defending where you're going to see the Coyotes defenseman spending more time defending because they're one-on-one races after the puck gets dumped into the zone. All of those things are true. Jersey has to be on your first pair. Be great if he had a really strong defending defenseman on his left side. Yeah. He doesn't. I think Jersey is getting all of the offensive zone starts. I think when the faceoff is in their offensive zone, look for Dursey to pull his groin jumping over the boards because I think he's coming over. <laughs> I think he's going to be the replacement on the top of the power play this year. I don't think there's any question he's their number one power play guy on the top. Yeah, they've already talked about that. Even so. though Valimaki and Moser both spent time doing that last year in, in Gosper and Chikrin's once they got traded. Dursey's taking that spot. He's going to get a chance at that spot. Dursey has to be in this spot. I agree with Craig. I'm going to put J.J. Moser on his left side to start. This does not mean this is the top pair that they're going to get all the big. They're not getting McDavid. They're not going to get those kind of minutes, even though you're they're your top pair. Don't look for Dursey to be out there defending McDavid and Drysdale because mm. it just isn't going to happen. Yeah. Okay, but all let's right. get it. So Mosier and Dursey is what we are doing for the top, quote unquote top pair. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it gets and that's really what this is interesting. This, this is what people talk about, and this I want to be really clear. 
This is where people that are sitting there going, oh, this Coyote team is going to make the playoffs this year. This and, and I like their defenseman. I Stetch is, is a great, Stetch works his ass off. He's a hard. I like Brown. We said how much I like Brown. But you go on paper and look at the teams in the Central Division. Look at their top six. This isn't it. Yep. They're not ready yet. Nope. They're just Mosier and 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 Valmaki and Dursey. They're not ready. They're they're learning. They're learning the game. They're learning the reads. They're learning when to do what. It's it's a position that takes longer to learn. Yep. And so I, I, I think this is going to be the area where they're, they're, le- they're most susceptible is on the back end. And that's why I don't think this team makes the playoffs. We are in agreement. I would assume that Valimaki is going to be on the left side on your second pair, right? I agree. And now I don't, I don't know what you do here. Again, if you're trying to keep with the righty lefty splits, your options for the right side are Stetcher, guys- Brown and Soderstrom. Yeah. That's it. And Kesselring. Yeah, and Kesselring's down there too. And 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 I mentioned this in the story. Uh, other than Josh Brown, Kesselring's the only other guy in this group that brings a physical presence. And that matters. I know it matters to Bill. Size matters to Bill on the back end. So I, I'm really curious to see how this plays out. But again, getting back to this situation, when you talk about those three guys, Josh Brown or Troy Stetcher or Victor Soderstrom, does any one of those guys jump out to you as a top four defenseman? No. Yeah. But... Somebody's got this to do it. Somebody's got, to do it. Somebody's got to do it. For me, it's it's Stetcher. I, I think Stretch, Stetcher can play, uh, again, offensive and defensive. I think that pair, they can throw out in any situation. I think Valimaki and Stetcher, you can throw out against your better players. They're fast enough. They can they can skate. And this is, keep in mind, this is when you're getting Connor McDavid jumping over the boards and Austin Matthews jumping over the boards, somebody's got to play on the back end. Yep. So for me, that's the pair. It's Valimaki and Stetcher because they can keep up foot speed-wise. They have good enough sticks, and they can defend – as well as anybody on this group of six can defend. So I like Stetcher on this group because I think they're the most versatile. I also think they can provide offense if they need to. They can distribute the puck and get the puck up the ice yeah. quickly. I don't I don't expect Stetcher to be on the score sheet much, but he does get the puck up yeah, the ice quickly. And that quickly. was his role meant for, for much of his career, actually. He was in more of a defensive role with the Coyotes last season than he had ever been in his career. And he said that. So he is definitely capable of carrying the puck yeah. and moving it. And when he said when he got to Calgary, he had like more goals and more offense than he ever had, given just based on his role, his role there. Yeah. But this position, and we he, know he can. He's going to kill penalties too. This yeah. back end at defense, you look at the Mosier of the guys returning had the most penalty kill minutes, followed by Brown and Stetcher. All of these defensemen, except for Dursey, are going to have to eat PK minutes. All, all, all the rest of the five, they're going to have to get, get a lot of. Um, time and you could see at times when there's injuries up front, you're going to see seven defensemen. Now here's the problem: we've got three left defensemen and three right defensemen left. You got on the left, you've got Kolyachonik, Dermot, and Zuber. On the left, yeah. On the right, you've got Brown, Soderstrom, and Kessling. Brown's on this team. Brown makes this team. Brown's your third pair right side defenseman, without a doubt for me. I really like Josh Brown and all the things that he brings physically and net front. I like Brown as the third pair right. If you do that, though. Can Victor Soderstrom be on no. this team? That's that's my thing, and that's what I said in the story. If Soderstrom's going to be on this team, he can't be a seventh defenseman. No. There's no point. Let him develop in Tucson. Yep. If he's not going to be a regular. And I don't think he is. And, and people on, uh, we followed our Discord, and they're like, oh, he had a great end of the, but did he? Yeah, I, he, I he wasn't played unimportant minutes. He played unimportant minutes with a really bottom-heavy defense core once you went get by Gosper and Chikrin. Now you've got, I, I think Dursey's going to get the opportunities to Probably they would have liked to see out of Soderstrom at this point in his career. Yeah. I don't see it. I think they need Josh Brown on this roster more than the Victor Soderstrom. They need a physical presence somewhere. You yeah. have to. Yeah. And I so I like Brown there. And so Soderstrom is the fourth guy on the right side for me. Okay. And then 
Who are you putting on the left side then? So now we got Kolya Cholnik, Dermot, and Zuber. Can, can I chime in from the yeah. top? So I think Zuber needs to start in Tucson. Agreed, just and because I think he will. It, he's, it's his first year in North America. And I think Zuber, like even next season, let's say, he could easily be a starter on the Coyotes possibly next season but I think he needs time in Tucson to get used to the North American game he's still super young yeah. developed I know Craig That's a big leap Craig has EO. heard yeah Craig has heard that you know he's way ahead of schedule which is great but I don't think he's starting this season on the Coyotes completely agree with that I do too, and I think that's the right place for him, and I think he'll play games in the NHL. I think every defenseman we mentioned is going to play games this year. One, because they play 70 a lot. Two, because the guys get hurt back there, yep. and you're going to see guys coming in into that seventh D spot because you'll want guys to play games. You're not going to have a seventh defenseman sit for 15 games. They'll rotate a guy in so that person can get some games. I believe that. So who we got left? Uh, so we got Kolia, Chonuk, and Dermot on the left side. Dermot concerns me. Because he missed almost all of last season. Yeah, they say he's fit to play, but yeah, how much time? How how far behind is he at this point? Is he a guy that belongs in Tucson to get his legs under him again? He is a guy that can play for you at the at the NHL level, and like you said, he will because there are injuries on the blue line to every team every season. I think you can ease him in. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can be your seventh guy. Okay. Because he doesn't need to play right That's away. And he's a, he's, a man. he's a veteran. Yeah. I yep. was, was going to say, could he be the seventh? He can. Absolutely. And the other reason, I, and, and I, I knew you were leading here anyway, but Kolya Chonik has really, really impressed the staff in Tucson. He, we, we, we heard Hobbins, Steve Poppett yeah. call him a robot. And that, I've heard that from the development guys as well. He's got a work ethic. He's very smart. He's methodical. And he's responsible. So... I could see Kolya Chonik getting that pair, Kolya Chonik and Brown. I do. I see that as yeah. being a good pair to throw sure. up in defensive zone starts. I think Kolya Chonik can be physical. I think he skates well enough. I think he can move the puck. I think he can do a lot of things well. I don't think he does any one thing great. I think he does. He's a responsible guy, and I think him with Brown as a pair, you can feel safe out them in defensive zone starts. And I think they can play with Kolya Chonuk's ability to move his feet. I think they can get out there and take some. You can't have two guys, Valimaki and Stetcher, eating all the defensive minutes. Right. You're going to need another pair that can skate. And I and I think Brown isn't as fleet of foot, but I think Kolya Chonuk can skate, so he can eat some of those top line minutes too. So Kolya Chonuk on the left side. Dermot as your seventh defenseman, and Victor Soderstrom goes back to Tucson for some more <laughs> development. Back to and so does Kessel Ring. So does Kessel Ring. And all of those guys will get time up, but I think Kessel Ring goes too. So I think Kessel Ring could be one of the first guys to get called up if there's an injury on the too. So now that we have our lines and our defense pairs, a question for both of you. If they're even watching, how much do you think the coaching staff is laughing at us right now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They they have for sure. (laughs) It's funny because they have their they they, in their mind, I guarantee Andre after talking to Andre knows. Like he's got day one training camp, day one, he knows already in his mind. Now that may change and that'll get juggled a lot during time. But in his mind, he's looking at us going, you guys are idiots. <laughs> exactly. For sure. For exactly. sure. Yeah. For sure. I think we'll, we'll have some of them. Right. We but you know, players, too, right? until you get to camp and you see it, as you said, right off the top, until you get to camp and see the chemistry work, yep. you don't know. And you think there's guys that gonna are going to play well together. And they, like we have Kerfoot and Zucker. We go, oh, those guys would be great. They're two experienced guys. They can, they might be, they might stink together. They might just, you <laughs> exactly. might get out the first day and go, gosh, they can't get each other the puck. They're forcing it too much. Yeah. Um, they're both trying to do the same job. It's not going to work. Yep. And so the, this, this could blow up easily. I think, I thought a lot of thought went into it. I think 
we made some arguments. We didn't just put it up there. We spent 48 minutes talking yeah. through yeah. our reasoning. No, I, I do like our reasoning, even yeah. if it proves to be idiotic in the end. Yeah. Well, and we'll I'm, be I'm pretty sure that Andre bear, right? is not watching this, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's fishing somewhere yeah, in the send province of Quebec now. So. I, yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, yeah no, we, you can call us uh, armchair yeah. coaching coaches. Um, more furniture armchair coaches. How about that? I was thinking I'm so excited for hockey season because I can't wait to just recline in our more furniture recliners and watch these games. Talking about lines gets me super excited for the season. Um, and if you're trying to get comfortable for when hockey season starts and you want to have your quote unquote man cave TV room, whatever it may be, um, check out more furniture because they have super, super comfortable chairs, couches, recliners, etc. Whatever furniture needs you have, more furniture is there for you. And you can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. Um, after our show ends today, and it's funny, we're going long because I really want to finish so we can go eat the burritos Amen. that are waiting for us in the kitchen. Burrito Express is here um, in the office, and I could not be more it was thrilled. hard to see those before we started the show because well, you kind of been thinking You also about strolled in like three minutes before showtime. Yeah, um, burri- I got my burrito in already. <laughs> you already ate yours? Mm-hmm. Which one did you have? Uh, steak potato and cheese. Or steak potato and uh, cheese. 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 It was steak yeah. potato and cheese. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, their steak is so good. I'm a big steak and salsa just, fan. Just like Steph Curry's top five of all, you know, his all-time lineup. I don't know why we're doing this. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> they have breakfast burritos. They have lunch burritos. Oh, my God. And there's locations. What? I just, like, I tweeted out those forwards how long ago? Ten minutes ago? I don't know. Stuck in X. They're um, stuck on X. 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 <laughs> um, well, <laughs> anyway, Burrito <laughs> Express, best burritos in the valley they have locations um in tempe and scottsdale and gilbert so check out burrito express grab a burrito and follow burrito express on twitter or x i guess at burrito e xp that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day okay we'll fly through the goalies pretty quick because i think this one is probably the easiest one to sort out watch i'll say that and then like something crazily shocking will happen um but there's four goalies on the board at this moment we got veggie Ingram, Prozvatov, and Bialta. Um, I mean, veggie. This, this one's ironclad for me. Uh, yeah. Pamelka and Ingram will be your two goaltenders in the NHL, and Prozvatov and Vialta will be in Tucson. But I want to say this about both tandems. Don't be so certain that there's a strict pecking order with either one of these. I think there's going to be serious competition for the net at the NHL level and the AHL level. You look at Connor Ingram's numbers last year. I know he played basically half the games that Veggie played, so that matters. But his numbers across the board were better, whether it's the basic numbers that you see on NHL.com or the analytics for goaltenders. His numbers were better across the board. He just signed a three-year extension. He signed longer than Vemelka right now. They they clearly believe that this guy can give them something after watching him, and a lot of people thought that before he even came here. So this is going to be a heck of a competition at both levels. Ivan Prozovtov at the AHL level had better bring it this year because he's going to be pushed and they are looking to see something from him. Yeah, I think you nailed everything. There's a, I I think for me, it's, oh, geez, I want to tip. Uh, Oh, geez. geez. (laughs) This board brought to you by, oh, geez. High thoughts. Yeah. You're putting them side by side. (laughs) I like it. And I'm putting them side by side in the American league too. Yep. I think that's fair. So a little story for you guys. Um, with 
Karel Vemelka, I just edited a story for Redeem Verbata's website in Chechia, which I do because he asked me to do it a long time ago. It's basically the Players' Tribune of Chechia. So they just they let players write stories in their own words. And I did Karel Vemelka's story. And what I learned, this is how Karel Vemelka found out that he made the team. It was on a flight back from the preseason game in Vegas where they let him play. And he played really well. They were calling guys to the front of the plane. You probably remember this whole process. To the guys that they were calling to the front of play were the guys that they were cutting. Cutting, yeah. But he didn't know that because he's brand new to this entire yeah. experience coming from Chechia. And he watches Joseph Kozhenosh go to the front of the plane. He's like, what's going on? He had no idea. Carter Hutton nudges him and says, welcome to the circus. He's like, what does he mean? <laughs> Kozhenosh comes back and says, congratulations, they picked you. That's how he found out he made the team. Wow. Oh, I can't Did wait see, to read that, by, by the way. way. I told, we're going to go behind the curtains at PHNX again. Do you see Max? Max, as soon as the word OGs was uttered on the stage, OGs, but Max is like, what? What? The sponsors? Hey, yeah, no, the sponsors? We're not, we're not, that's not an ad but read. That was just a, a, something That was just PD a said. subtle drop. We yeah. just dropped in OGs. We <laughs> oh, didn't drop good, an good, OGs. Yeah, it was a good story. That's Actually, a good story. Carol the Melka's story was really good. Yeah, I, I, it. but Craig, here's, he, I've said this the last two seasons. Like, he has to be more consistent this year. Mm -hmm. He has to be able to put strings of games together. There are, there are times within games where he is outstanding and you go, oh my gosh, you're playing great. And then you let in a bad one. He, he has to eliminate that this season. He cannot be diving around, flopping around, let a bad goal into an empty net this year. He's got to become more consistent and more stable. The concern, though, is if he does that, come the trade deadline, he's going to be a guy that's sought after. Mm -hmm. Because his numbers have been so good, and he's quietly been that guy that's won games for a team that has been undervalued. And you go, oh, when teams are looking around, if somebody's got an injury, we thought last year that was a maybe. This year is definitely a maybe. Especially now that you have Ingram signed for three years. It gives you that flexibility. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. So so be careful what you wish for. And I think there will be times for this tandem that I think Ingram's your guy for a stretch. Then I think there'll be times when Vamelka's your guy for a stretch. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Corey Schwab and this staff manages their time because I think they've been forced over the last decade to overplay guys. Yeah. We saw it with Kemper. We saw it with Ranta. We, we've seen that happen. This is a situation where they can go in and go, we've got a 1A and a 1B. Yep. Yeah. And so let's manage their time smart and let's look at how we can keep them both sharp because you can't sit on the bench like Ingram did for a month. You can't do it. You're going to have to play some to keep everybody in the game. So it's going to be interesting to see how they manage that. And by the way, thanks to all the comments. We're not ignoring what you're putting around yeah. for ideas and thoughts. But we do also have well, to have lunch. We're definitely not going to ignore those because eventually. Oh, yes. We're going to do, and this is not till October, but just we'll get the wheels turning. We're going to do a competition where start <gasps> in October, everyone has a chance to submit their lineups. And whoever gets either nails it or gets closest to the actual opening night lineup will win a prize. Did you guys get the detailed summary of how we could do the points from formerly Ogie, now Chris? No, I didn't. I, <laughs> I got to show that to you. Chris, I appreciate your efforts. I got to tell you, we may not go that deep because we're not that smart or that capable mathematically. Yeah, but I saw that. I really, really appreciate your ideas. And well, we'll, we, we'll definitely we'll pick get, and we're choose which parts of that we will. What's the prize? Yeah. Do they get behind the red rope with we'll you? Find out. We'll find out. Well, to, to be honest, a at a later date. It's three months I don't away. Know if that's so. a prize, actually. Yeah, I don't know if it is or not. Um, all right, asking. quickly. I know we're going long. Sorry, Sean and Betts, but I do want to quickly, if we can, do a power play unit, maybe both. Sure. We don't need. I don't know if we want to do penalty kill because it, 
Yeah, I already want. said that. That we've yeah. we've got those guys. It's Bukestad and Kraus, McBain and Kerfoot are your top four penalty killers on the back end. Everybody's gonna have to take time. Mosier Brown, Stetcher, Kolya Cholinak, yeah. they're all gonna have to eat okay. minutes on yeah. the penalty kill. So we okay. know Schmaltz, Keller, and Dursey, I think, are locks on the first yes. unit. Probably Barrett Hayton too as your front. Net I got, front I got guy. Barrett Hayton. So, net so who's your fifth guy? Zucker. He played yeah. in the he in he was in the Pittsburgh Penguins second group. He plays in the bumper role for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had an outstanding power play. Second group, middle gets to the net, can fill into the front of the net if Hayton has to go dig pucks out in the corner. It's Zucker. Okay, that's your, your five. Your second unit. We know we're going to have Michelli and Kraus. Yes. Who do you have on on defense? Because you got to choose between Mosier and Valamaki. Unless you go, I'm with two playing defensemen. two defensemen. Okay. I'm playing Mosier and Valamaki on the back end, and on the front. Here's my problem. I have Kraus, Michelli, and Gunther's got to be there as a shooter. Yep. There is no one there that take faceoffs. And that's a huge problem. Yeah. Lawson Krause, brush up on your face-offs yep. while you're on so your So one honeymoon. of those three guys is going to have to take face-off. But fortunately, your second group, most often your second group is going on a line change after a dump puck and they're going to hemmed in. So they have to take fewer face-offs with that second group. But I like Krause, Michelli, Gunther, Mosier, Velimaki as your All second right. group. All right. There you have it. So everybody remember this and we can be entered in the competition too. <laughs> uh, no, we can't win the prize. Oh boy. Yeah. No, this is going to be interesting. It's so funny because right now, like with all of our explanations, I'm so I'm like, yeah, I feel so good about what we presented. Yeah, we got them all wrong. And yeah, it's wrong. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of fine. It, it's been fun. July 24th. We're early. We're going to do it again in October once there's a little bit more clarity on who makes the team. If people leave, if people get claimed on waivers, who knows? Um, but I, I like this for our July line combination. Um, we'll tweet this out after the show so you can fight with us on X. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. If you can fight with us on Twitter, um, send in or your threads. lines or threads. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Discord where the line combinations have been flying for the last few weeks as well. Um, but PD, I actually did learn a lot yeah, from you not, today. You may, oh, they're, you may never get to do that on X because they're not going out. The tweets. The tweets. I sent the tweets half hour ago. Because it's a, an image? Because it's an image. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, thanks, Brutal. Elon. They're out on threads if you want to check it out on threads. All right. Brutal. There you have it. Um, but anyway, that that's it for us in terms of lines today. Again, we'll revisit this. Really excited for it. Um, we I think after when we go dr- have our Burrito Express, maybe some Four Peaks too. Listen, huh. that, was, that was a lot. Well, Petey deserves it because he just... Did all that work, but he's wearing his Four Peaks collab T-shirt, which is a fan favorite. A lot of people wore those in Nashville. I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, love that shirt. You can actually buy it at Four Peaks, and we're gonna be at Four Peaks on Wednesday for the last last Wednesday. So yeah, if we you haven't want, even told our host yet, or yeah, our guest, our yet. guest. Yeah. So if you want to join us out at Four Peaks on Wednesday, please do. Um, but I'm I'm just excited to to drink on the job. That's the best part about Wednesdays at Four <laughs> Peaks. Um, I was up in Pine Top drinking Four Peaks beer. It's all over the state. Um, and of course, check out the A Street Pub. You can check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. This lineup is one version. PD and Craig put out two different lineup combos on the website, um, gophnx.com. So if you want to check that out, you can do so. Weekly diehard-only content um, there as well. So you must be a diehard to read those. You can join our Discord if you're a diehard. You can get 20% off merch, 20% off events as well. Um, So just a lot of great stuff up there to be a diehard and check out phnxlocker.com to grab your merch there as well get a free shirt or hat at sign up as well so lots of lots of perks to being a diehard um anything else before we get out we covered it 
Petey? You, no, I'm sitting just... here trying to delete a GIF <laughs> so my tweets will go out. Thanks, X. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's it from us. Thank you all so much for watching. Hit the like button on this video. There's so many more people watching than likes. So hit the like button. Um, we appreciate it. Subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. You can also follow us um, wherever you get your podcasts as well. And while it still exists, you can follow us on Twitter at SPDosaki, at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Sean underscore DePaz. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. But everybody else, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you all tomorrow.